Assalamu alaikum and welcome to another episode of The Habibis, three game developers drinking good Arab tea. I'm your host for this week, Osama Dorius. I'm Rami Ismail. Okay, so I guess I'll start it off this week. I've uh, jumped started... the gun, Osama, so make sure you <laughs> just, get enough time. Make... Before, Rami, before Rami starts talking. <laughs> yeah, because Rami had a flight, so he had a lot of time on his hands. He must have done a lot of stuff. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> so um, I watched. I started watching two TV shows, and I started playing a game. I didn't finish much, but I started a lot. Um, mm-hmm. So I'll start with the TV shows because... They are both arguably in the same continuity. I started watching Loki. I was about and, to mm-hmm. guess that. Same. Yes. <laughs> and Modoc. So um, I don't know if you've heard about Modoc. So maybe I'll start with that one first because everyone was waiting for Loki or so. I maybe assume. like you know, the, the static silence that you got after the second one maybe gave you, gave you some hints. <laughs> Loki. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Modoc. What? <laughs> I mean, I know of Modoc, but I yes. didn't know there was a TV show. Yeah. Well, yes, there's a TV show. It is a joint work from the people who make Robot Chicken and the Marvel Studios, So, which is already very interesting. If you don't know about Robot Chicken, it's like, you know, stop motion type, claymation type uh, TV show. I don't even know if they do it with CG or actual claymation anymore, but that's what it looks like. That's aesthetic. Um, and Modoc is a weird character in the Marvel Universe. He's a giant head uh, that's like floating around and he's supposed to be a super genius and he is a super genius in a lot of ways in the ways he invents things but as is typical of villains uh, completely incompetent like everything he invents doesn't work out and isn't, um, isn't it an abbreviation like uh yeah uh, machine mecha, o- machine only organism for killing something like designed, that designed only for killing yes that that's, it. It. Yes. that's it that's <laughs> it yes that's great. Um, He's, I mean, he, to be fair, Modofk would have yeah. sounded worse. So. <laughs> yeah, I can't argue with that. There's a nice <laughs> ring to it. Yes. <laughs> so Modok is... Um, oh, oh, but just on an aside, he was also the antagonist in the Avengers game that came out um, last year, the year before, from uh, Square Enix. Uh, it was mm. last year, I think. Yeah, so he was also the antagonist in, in that game. So he's, he's, he has a presence um, in the Marvel Universe. The, the TV show is what you would expect uh, out of something made from people who, who, who made Robot Chicken. Tonally, it's identical. So it's like that kind of level of jokes, like, you know, beeped out uh, swear words and like raunchy at times, that kind of thing. So if you like, in my opinion, whether you like Marvel or not, if you enjoy the humor of Robot Chicken, you will like it. It's just, it's more of the same. You know, it's like a, it's a long skit right. <laughs> where but it what focuses if you, on Marvel. Yeah. What if you don't know Robot Chicken? Then watch Robot Chicken to find out if you know Robot Chicken. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even then so watch Modoc and find out. It's like, no, don't watch Modoc. Watch Robot Chicken first. <laughs> Robot Chicken is where it's at. Yeah, because okay. Robot Chicken, you, you, if, you don't, if, you, if you don't know if, whether you're going to like it or not, and you're... You watch it and you find out you're going to like it. You're in good for a good time because they have seasons and seasons of content that you could catch up on. For and Robot Chicken. Exactly, for Robot Chicken. Yeah, Modoc, I think, is on episode three or four. They're just... does, does the Robot Chicken also go on a killing spree? 
<laughs> uh, like well, robot chicken designed only for killing? Because I'd watch that. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there were skits in Robot Chicken where the chicken kills people. I'm pretty sure. I have. I don't remember nice. it, but yeah, I would. It just reminds me of all those weird horror movies that came out for a while, where they made the weirdest things kill people. <laughs> yes, remember like leprechauns. There was the, <laughs> leprechauns, but there was also the one where an elevator goes and kills yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which <laughs> and, then, and then there's the one where a car tire goes. And yes, people, which is by far my favorite. <laughs> um, that was, if you haven't seen that thing, you should watch that. I thing. have not seen that thing. It's it so, so good. funny. Uh, it's uh, uh, what was it called? Rubber. Yes, it was Rubber <laughs> really? by um, oh my uh, yeah God. Quentin Dupieux. Uh, yeah, it's called Rubber, and it's just a car tire that like rolls around and kills people. Is it like <laughs> a self-aware even... movie? It has to be. Right? I, yeah, yeah, it plays it plays yeah. it mostly straight, which is why it's funny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it it is self aware. I mean, it, it is self aware, yeah. but it, it's self aware in that way where it knows that it's self aware, but it also knows that if it makes it too obvious that it's self aware, it stops working. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so it's like self aware straight, like it's straight played self awareness. Yeah, yes, it's doing it for two hours. I'm not sure, like you know, how much that joke can has legs. <laughs> it's pretty it's it, it's pretty funny it's like you know a horror movie is good when the review scores sit around a five or six right yeah, yeah. this one i think it's like a 5.5 5. <laughs> so it's <perfect>. so, <laughs> so right. yeah so that like back to modok um uh if if you like the marvel cinematic universe or like the marvel comic books there's enough uh, there are enough nods there, like enough characters make cameos and things like that uh, to keep you going. But if you don't like the humor in Robot Chicken, just sk skip it. It's just exactly that. It's just like Robot Chicken, but only Marvel uh, sketches revolved around the most ridiculous Marvel character, arguably, because Howard the Duck is probably the most ridiculous. Um, and that's it. So I'm enjoying it. I'm like, it's it's my cup of tea. I'm a huge uh, Marvel nerd, both of the cinematic universe and comics. Um, uh, I, I'm a somewhat like, robot chicken fan not huge but like enough to be okay with that type of humor so for me it's a good fit um now loki is absolutely not that <laughs> it's extremely different loki is um focuses on the character loki from the marvel universe uh the specifically the version that was created during the events of uh marvel endgame so right. if you don't know what I mean, that's fine, because that probably means you're going to be starting off uh, fresh. And I'm not going to ex explain it to you because you have a lot of really cool things that are going to be explained in the show itself. So you could actually just start watching that show if you know uh, nothing about that. It'll explain it to you. But that's the Loki that we're talking about. It's the villain Loki, the, the evil Loki, not the Loki that kind of redeemed himself later on in the MCU. Mm -hmm. And the first episode is really strong. And Rami, I know you watched it too, so jump in at any point. Right? Yeah. No, I I loved it. I, Me too. I thought it was really clever. the The thing that was obviously it was sort of like it was sort of held back by the fact that it needs to both introduce the concept of this series and yes. introduce Loki to people who don't know who Loki is. Yeah. And introduce the idea of like time travel and all that. And ultimate um, dimensions and things like that. Like right. At some, so at some point, you're literally watching like the equivalent of a PowerPoint, a presentation of what's happening right? <laughs> within the show. But it works. Um, it works. <laughs> it's it's very strongly done. I mean, Tom Hiddleston as an actor just has incredible range, right? Yeah, like, absolutely. Uh, he has that sort of like laissez-faire charisma to him. 
Did, did you know he almost got the role of Thor? Yeah, I thought that was the funniest what? thing. He, I know. Yes, he, he auditioned for Thor. He, he was auditioning for Thor, and then they went like, this is more of a Loki. Yeah, and they just... It's so but hard they to love imagine them. him as Thor, uh, especially after like Chris Hemsworth. It's impossible the, for me. <laughs> the audition video is on the internet, yeah. so if you oh, want, okay. you can find it. Yeah, uh, true. But yeah, no, Loki did a, did an incredible job of uh, just the aesthetic is gorgeous. Yeah, um, and they they have the the sort of tertiary t- challenge of bringing Loki back from a villain to an antihero. Yep, mm-hmm. and. Uh, they did such a good job for that. Yeah, they set it up well. Like uh, th- this first episode as a setup episode was excellent. Like I could see so many different directions that the story can go, and it's all exciting. I really just want to. I can't wait for the next episode. So yeah. and that was yeah. their job, right? Gorgeous. Uh, and Gorgeous. Owen Wilson. Oh, was so good. good. <laughs> There's Owen Wilson in this. Oh, yeah. is that a spoiler? No, that's fine. No, it, no, no. He was, was in the marketing materials. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I've, uh, I've been in complete media lockdown about this. I haven't seen anything about it. Right. Uh, <laughs> all I, like I've seen the billboards around town saying that it's coming up. Other than that, I wouldn't have known that it's <laughs> that it's even coming up. Yeah. So Owen Wilson is in it, and he plays he he plays to his strength as a care as a, as an actor, which is he is sort of an you know he came from like the sort of uh, bad comedy vibes yeah. for a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but it also he's just sort of like an unnoticeable presence yeah and he plays that very well he play he plays to his strength as like a desk clerk that is like high up in the organization but really is just doing his job yeah nonchalant um, about everything yeah nonchalant yeah. but yeah. like really good at what he does he just doesn't show it yeah um he he's like his his entire job this first episode is to sort of like bring us into this universe and deconstruct Loki to such a point that he can have the catharsis he has through all of the MCU so far. <laughs> wow. Uh, and he has to do it in like, what, seven minutes of dialogue. And exactly. he nails it. Wow. It's Super so well cool. done. Yeah. So if you're, if you're at all an MCU fan, you've, I mean, most of you probably already watched the first episode. <laughs> right. <laughs> if you're already an MCU fan. But I if mean, you're not, by the if time this is out, the second episode is out. So. Exactly. Exactly. But I, I, for anyone else who's, who was on the fence, uh, I, th- I feel like it's going to stand on its own legs. I feel like it's right. going to be a fun thing on its own. Uh, if you just want to watch something really pretty, it's yeah. really pretty. It's really pretty. Exactly. Um, okay. So my last thing. Uh, that I also started and not finished. And this one, I don't really have much of an excuse because it was really short. The excuse was, you know, busy week. But I'm loving it and I will finish it. I started playing the video game Backbone. Have you all heard of it? Backbone. So I know you've heard of it, Fauzi, because you mentioned it on Twitter. You just forgot the name. It's that ah, raccoon. Yes, no, I remember. Yes, yes it's the raccoon. Um... Oh, that game is out already. Uh, wait, let yeah. me buy it. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's out and it's great. I, I I played about halfway, so I looked at looked up how long it would take to finish it. It's a, it's about five hours. I played it for about two and a half three hours, uh, so I played it about halfway. Um, so for those who don't know about it, it's kind of like um, an a uh, narrative heavy uh, point and click adventure game without the point and click part. It's just like an adventure game, um, film noir in a universe that's. Um, with anthropomorphic animals, you play a raccoon detective. Um, 
and the pixel art, like the art style, the pixel art is gorgeous. It's, it's absolutely so phenomenal. Like in the in the pictures and the gifts that they have online, looks so beautiful, man. Absolutely, mm-hmm. um, and the writing is great. Like so far, I'm absolutely loving the 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 the, the writing. Uh, the style is great. There's a really cool mystery in it that unravels slowly. And every time I th- I don't I, like I can't speak for the second half of the game yet, but every time I think I figured out what it was, there was something else that made me question it. And you know, like it's it's that kind of thing. Like it really plays like a really good mystery, where it's not like oh I know what it is at the beginning now let's just get to the bottom of it. No, no, it's like the entire time there's discovery at least for the first half of the game. Um, I'm absolutely loving it um, so far. The writing is great. The setup is great. The style is incredible. Like everything feels like um, it's cut from the same cloth. The mm-hmm. uh, like the the music, the art style itself, the choice of dialogue, the person- personality of everyone in it, um, the presentation, uh, everything feels like it's just one cohesive whole. Um, so I, like I, I, I highly recommend it. Based on like the the caveat that I haven't finished it yet, just from the first half, it's worth it just for that. Sam, the, I have yes. a question about that. Since you think about the stories and all of this, how's the noir feeling of this game? I love me a good detective noir, like you know, very theme noir. and setting. Yeah, very. Oh, it's excellent. Like you really, you literally start off like the first seconds of the game. You're in your office and you get the 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 lady who walks in and asks you to uh tail her husband like that's that's a very typical like first scene of you know 90 percent of noir movies that's like that's how you start and then when you do like Mm. like it unravels differently and you're like okay that's just not what i expected uh uh, out of this so it's really really good have either of you uh read the bon dessinée black sad like the bd the uh european comic okay so black sad is uh, a a comic book, like a European comic. I, I struggle with what to call it, like a graphic novel, I guess, from, from Europe, a French mm-hmm. BD, where you play as a Black Panther detective in, an, in a similar anthropomorphic world where everyone is an animal. Uh-huh. Um, and it's actually, if you want to look it up, it's gorgeous. It's gorgeously drawn by one of the, uh, uh, of an ex-Disney uh, animators. So it's the art style is just, absolutely gorgeous uh it has similar themes it has similar presentation similar style to black uh, to backbone it, and all that is good like all i'm not saying that like oh it's derivative or anything no no i'm like it took all the best elements of black sad and it approached it's like this is maybe a, a theme a thematic spoiler a little bit of a thematic spoiler but not too much it approached um the same uh, t- uh like topic as black sad because black sad um one of the the main themes of it was to discuss racism because Mm -hmm. the uh black panther is black and some of the uh like obviously and some of the other animals in the game uh are like arctic like they're white like arctic fox or polar bear or that kind of thing the game backbone deals with racism as well but not in the same way it's not actually the like the color of the animals that makes it a difference they actually have a hierarchy based on species like in in black sad a white uh polar bear will think themselves superior than a black bear but in Uh in backbone it's like apes are on top and like you know i i genuinely thought it was pretty well done in backbone 
Yeah, yeah, like yeah. The, yeah, it it felt uncomfortable in the same way I feel going through TSA. Like it <laughs> it it felt it felt very uh, genuine. Yeah. Uh, even though I'm I'm not quite sure what experiences the team have. Like I don't know Eggnut, right? Eggnut Games. Yes. Uh, I don't know the team uh, very well. Yeah. Um, they're they're spread out. I know they're spread around the world. I know some of them are in the Netherlands, but I think they're Russian mostly. Mm. This is their um, first game, right? Is I it? think as a team, Maybe. it might be. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I genuinely like the the the. I mean, as you said, it's gorgeous. I just mostly thought that the the racism because I'm really tired of racism allegories in in Animal Land. Right, mm-hmm. like it's like the Dragon Age. Ooh, elves are people of color, and it's like, oh, for God's sake! Like, yeah. can we just say racism? Yeah. Um, but normally, it's also sort of done at such a surface level that it doesn't. You know, every conversation is the same, except for you have like a minus two charm bone, uh, minus two two charm debuff, or some vendors won't talk to you or something. Yeah. Here, it really felt like I was getting screwed over. Yeah. Um, frequently, right? Like it's like walking by people trying to get into a place like that that's where these kind of like aggressions happen exactly and that's where they happen in backbone too i i was quite impressed i was as well honestly the same comment i i liked actually the dialogue options that your character has in re- relation to the racism like basically the you're you, as a character you have the choice to be just like okay okay pressured by it this is just something i'm used to or to be like what the hell you know you can't copy right. that to, but in a subtle way and i love that i love that um it it, it really understands or i, I felt I, i it really understands how it is to live in in that kind of society mm-hmm. yeah. from uh, what i've uh, like so quickly about it on uh, metacritic online it seems that um You know, a lot of a lot of people are saying what you're saying about like how the world is very interesting and whatnot, and like the story and the premise of the game is super mm-hmm. fascinating. Um, but seems like some uh, some are unhappy by how it twists near the end. So I'll be oh, very curious <laughs> I, yeah, to hear your I, perspective, Osama, once you get there as well. Yeah. Did you get that, Remy? I, yeah, I think I would agree with that. I mean, the ga- the game kind of gets stuck in having so many twists and and like big moments that. I, I think there's just a, a bit of poor expectation management for what the game is, but um, if if you can step over that, the game is really good for what it is, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, um, yeah. It's added to my uh, to my cart and everything already. I, th- you know, like I knew it was coming out later this summer, but like it's a, it's been a hell of a summer for me, so I've <laughs> lost been track a, of a, a lot weeks. of stuff. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I'd love to hear about that. Sh- shall I go through what I did? Yeah. Yes. Go for and it. Then, Absolutely. Yeah, go for it. Um, Okay, so uh, last time when we spoke, had I finished Mass Effect yet? No. You were just about to finish the third one. Okay, exactly. I finished Mass Effect. It's good. <laughs> Video game is good. That's it. Like You've heard it here first, folks. Mass Effect <laughs> yeah. is good. It's good. And I will add, I will add the, uh, the DLCs are phenomenal, um, but also just Mass Effect was good already. And mm. what I like about it is that it holds up Right, mm-hmm. like the game holds up almost exactly as it was, um, and I have to say now that I'm much older and I've been in game development for uh, a while, right? The ending is good. I don't know what people are complaining. Like, yeah, okay, mm-hmm. I know what people are complaining about, but the ending is good. Is like, this the new ending? Or, or it's the, it's new the same. I mean, it's the extended cut of the ending. It's right? the extended cut. Okay, but 
the structure of the ending is probably as good as they could have done with that game. Like, I can't imagine, go, like, how else are you going to wrap that up? And people have these big thoughts of how it should end because they think, well, Dragon Age gets it right every time with the ending, but Dragon Age never had to wrap up Dragon Age. Yeah. yeah right? Yeah. I don't think there's a similar game to this that had to wrap up. And Dragon Age is period. like three games that are connected and carrying no. your decision game over game. With the same character, right? Yeah, like there's exactly. continu- there's continuity in Dragon Age, but like Not the they have s- created such a web of possibilities that really the only way to 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 finish this was to create very clear delineated endings and then allow variation in that. Yeah, and yeah, sure. Like it's the the you know like it's a little samey in some regards, but it's it's really well done either way. Um, At some point, I, the brand have to collapse. It's just how yeah. it <laughs> Yeah. And I like that what they did is not that they made the branches collapse. They just yeah. made them irrelevant to the ending. Yeah. Right? That, that's that's the impressive thing is they went with the brave option of does everything really matter when the choice ahead of you is this big? I thought that was really, I thought that was really impressive. Um, the, um, the Citadel DLC was, uh, the final DLC of the game really is phenomenal. You get to have a little party with your crew mm. um i cried my i cried my eyes out mm-hmm. uh mostly uh it was really really lovely um and that wrapped up mass effect um then i later realized there's trophies per individual game uh, mm-hmm. and that i'm pretty close to platinum each platinum in each of them but wow, i don't like, want to go back into the game okay but so, like just from your regular playthrough you, you were close right. to platinum. oh wow. yeah i was pretty I'm close far from yeah. it in my playthrough uh, so the there there game. is there is the Mass Effect. So this is interesting for you as game developers, I think. But there is the main set of trophies for yeah. the game. Mm-hmm. But then there is an individual set for each of the sub-games attached to the same title. And each of the sets has a Platinum Trophy, hmm. which I've never seen I've before. Never I didn't even know that was, that was possible. But they have four trophy sets in one game. And each of the trophy sets... Yeah. As a platinum trophy. I did notice mm. that there are some um, achievements that could be unlocked in any of the games. like Right. Which is so, was already something I had never seen before. I think one of them was uh, follow through with a romance option. I did that. It popped up. Right. And, and I, it says in, in Mass Effect 1, 2, or 3. So Right. So, so yeah, there, there's the main set, which is for the entire product. And then there's the individual sets, which are for subsections within the product. Yeah. Anyway, this is getting too technical. I, I'd never seen it before. If you're playing it and you're a trophy hunter, make sure to check in your trophy list because there will be four games added to your trophy list for just playing this title. And there's uh, four Platinums to be had, although the main set is just too hard for me. Mm -hmm. Um, Then after that, I had nothing to do with my life. I watched Loki, like (laughs) Osama, uh, and then I just was sad for for a few days until... I realized I just needed a new narratively strong game where a small group of people like fights for the fate of the universe. So I downloaded Earth Defense Force uh, oh, World nice. Brothers, hmm. um, which is the voxel-based Earth Defense Force. So there's two possible responses. to Well, there's three possible responses to this game. <laughs> the first one is you love EDF and you don't love this, which is fine. The second one is you don't really know about EDF, but you're just really offended by all the stereotypes in it. And the third one is lol. <laughs> and that's kind of the three possible uh, reactions to it. I fall in the third one. Uh, okay. I really thought I was going to hate the stereotypes in it. Um, but 
I found a Dutch tulip girl in the first like minutes, and her special <laughs> power is that she can throw tulip grenades, and and her ultimate is throwing a windmill, and then um, and then I did a level on the pyramids where I fought Godzilla, and. Uh, there was a moment where I was really worried because, you know, with stereotypes, it's usually the stereotypes are about the other people. Yeah. And sort of like the creators or, or the, the the strongest cultures don't get stereotypes, right? They yeah. get characters. Yeah. Uh, but then I met the American character and he's a cowboy that doesn't understand anything about the world. <laughs> um, and the Japanese character is a ninja. Oh. Uh, so they just went <laughs> okay, all the, out on everybody. They basically did a street fighter on the yeah, on right. <laughs> uh, So everything is super stereotypical. It's it's silly. It's ridiculous. It's extremely self aware about EDF and about video games. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, there's there's a mission early on where you're fighting Godzilla, where suddenly the the tactical officer that's like keeping you updated of mission progress calls in to say like, oh, I see what's happening. This is one of those. Let's show. Let's show how strong the bosses fights. I don't think you can actually beat it. Just keep hitting it until it runs away. Um, and that's like actual dialogue in the game, right? <laughs> so it's it's playing it that way. Um, if you enjoy that kind of stuff, it's fun. It's it's kind of like EDF. It's not quite EDF because EDF isn't that self aware. Mm-hmm. I was about to ask Rami um, if I've never played an EDF game before. Would I like this one? So here's the thing. If you've never played an EDF game before, stop everything you're doing, download Third Defense Force 5. <laughs> 5 is the best one? That. 5 okay. is the best one. Um, uh, th- those games are criminally underrated in my eyes. They're like, they they're, really they're are. They're so fun, but it like, doesn't seem like that many people know of them. It's weird. Like The people that know them can sing the songs, <laughs> and the people that don't know them don't understand why anybody would play it. So, I've, um, I've never played one. so Play EDF5. And you know yeah. what? If you're going to play EDF5, let's play it together. Okay. I'm uh, gonna because add you can split my... screen it. Absolutely. And then um, after that, I um, I also booted up uh, Ratchet & Clank. Ooh. Oh, the new one. And uh, yeah, Rift Apart. Mm-hmm. Whew. It's good. Wow. It is. Uh, I mean, it's Ratchet and Clank. It's Insomniac, right? man. <laughs> it's Insomniac. It's super high quality. Um, but you know, you know, the thing that really got me about about Ratchet and Clank is, you know, th- there is there's something to be said for when there is a next gen thing. There needs to be the tech showcase, right? The mm-hmm. game that shows what the new potential is of of the hardware. And I I've always believed that for this next gen, a large part of it is going to be in the architecture of of level design. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Because we don't have to worry about streaming as much anymore. We don't have to worry about like loading stuff anymore. Like, sure, there's still problems. There's still things to think about. But generally, we can do things a lot smoother. Mm-hmm. Um, and Ration and Klein just goes and goes like, architecture, lol. We don't, we don't need that. We don't need <laughs> architecture. Here's just a thing you can go in and now you're somewhere else. <laughs> um, the 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 level of graphical fidelity is honestly absurd. Like every screenshot you can make of this game is a next gen showcase, right? Wow, um, it's high praise. Yeah, the 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 particle effects are ridiculous. The movement is is smooth. There's like different um, there's different uh, performance modes. So you've got like the 30 fps locked one that's just full performance ray tracing everything. They've got a 60 FPS one without ray tracing, and then you've got a lower resolution 60 FPS one with ray tracing. Mm-hmm. I'm playing it on that one. <laughs> it is phenomenal. It is staggeringly beautiful. Uh, it is Ratchet and Clank. You know, yeah. it's not 
they're not doing particularly much gameplay wise with the mechanic it's mostly a visual like gimmick but uh, when they use it it's really fun and in terms of like the roller coaster ride that it gives you it's great um so you know uh having having a great time with that one um besides that i mean the the um, there's honestly not been much time for me to play things either. I think this is going to tie in a little bit to what Fauzi has to say. Because if you've been busy, I'm going to guess part of it is E3, right? Oh, man. <laughs> E3, preparing for E3 and all of that. So I've been busy with the two things. I've moving moved apartments, as I nice. uh, we were talking about last week. So I'm now in my new place, uh, all settled. Um, but yeah, yeah, it was like, a, you know, it was a couple of days of me being in boxes, all kinds of boxes. And... Um, Obviously, I found um, a box that I've been moving around. Um, I think I moved this box four countries. It has wow. every USB cable known to man. <laughs> nice. And, and it's like, I think that there's like hundreds of USB cables in Including that Including the really weird square one with the little USB micro on top of it? <laughs> <What>? <laughs> no, it's, it's a giant one because like every device I buy comes with a USB cable. And I'm like, I think right. I have all the ones I, I want connected. But I can't throw away a USB cable because that might come in handy at some point. (laughs) Right. And I have a box of those things. Hundreds of them. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That might be too much. The thing is, like, I should have grabbed that box and as is threw away. But then I was like, as I was packing stuff, like, like, I'll put it under the the bed. Maybe one day I'll need (laughs) it. If I ever need a USB cable, I know who I'm calling. I'll I'll send you a dozen. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Um, but yeah, it was it was also like good to. Um, I, d- I did a bit of a purge. Every time I moved, I just uh, uh, throw away a whole bunch of stuff I didn't use. I found out like, I have a uh, a set of pots and pans that I haven't used in maybe five years. Wow. <laughs> um, these are all the sizes I never use. So like all of those went um, to donations. Um, I know nice. exactly what you're talking about because we're moving in two months and we started uh-huh. the packing and throwing away process. And oh my God, do we ever have things we just never touch? <laughs> We've been in, in our current place for 11 years and wow. we found boxes that we have, haven't have opened since our last move. Yeah. What the hell? Like, anyway, it's, it's yeah, a process. The purge is real, man. Like, yeah. um, uh, the, every time, like this time I made a pact to myself other than the USB box. Um, I made a pact to myself that like, if I grab something and I look at it and go like, maybe I could use it one day, I'm just going to throw it away. Because yeah, right. if I'm going to need it one day, I'll just buy a new one, whatever yeah, that right. thing was. Right. Uh, There's very few things that are too, like, very few things that you hoard that are actually expensive to replace. Seriously. Yeah. I found, like, the weird thing is, like, all the expensive stuff that, those are big choices. So I feel like you make those choices. Yeah. yeah. Right. When you're like, okay, do I keep this TV? Do I donate it? Do I, like... You you make that decision then, but with like small stuff that's like six dollars or something, yeah, you somehow don't make that choice and you just throw it in a box. Yeah, yeah. I've exactly. never understood how my brain works that way, but that's exactly what happens to me. Is all the cheap stuff goes in boxes and the expensive stuff gets handled. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I like um, it really comes in handy. Like this mentality of going like, oh, these pots that I've been moving around for some time. All right, time to get rid of them. Oh, right. This pairs of shoes that I haven't worn in God knows how long. All right, time to get rid of that too. This T-shirt that I'm keeping for sentimental reasons. Yeah. Um, it's a T-shirt. I, yeah. <laughs> I recently did the T-shirt purge. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I went through all my stuff because like 90% of my T-shirts, I got at video game events. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah same. 
And, you know, like, it's nice to have them. But at the same time, at some point, you got to move on from, like, an indie game from 2014. I, have to, I, I, I thought you were going to say... Yeah. I thought you were going to say 90% of your t-shirt have the Vlambeer logo on it. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I have a lot of those as well, but usually usually those t-shirts like don't even make it home. Yeah. <laughs> like just giving them away. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, if I've worn them, I'm not giving them away. Ah, uh, yes. But like I I travel very lightly, so everything extra is a problem. Actually, this is my first Habibi's not at home. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. I'm, You've been traveling. Yeah, I'm in I'm in Montreal, and I set up the. I mean, do I sound good? You, you sound, sound great. You sound great. Nice. I brought the microphone, so you know, um, <laughs> it's nice. This was my first flight in a long time, uh, so I kind of moved as well. Ah, there you go. <laughs> I mean, it's only for a few weeks, but <laughs> that was works. pretty cool. That's it's uh, you back where you belong on on an aircraft. Yeah, <laughs> I'm so I was so happy. I, I like I must have had a smile on my face for the entire flight. <laughs> um, and then when I landed, I wanted to play Flight Simulator, but of course, of course you did. I don't. I don't have my control set up here, so yeah. I can't. I can't use it. And I was in a hotel. Yeah, I haven't the, been in a hotel for since Pax East 2020. How wow. terrible is the TV? It was so small. <laughs> it was so, and my, and my window looked at uh, a wall. There was only a wall. Wow. And I was like, this is perfect. I am back. <laughs> I am back. You're the back. thing about hotels is, like, the, the, even though they're all different, they all feel the exact same. Yeah. 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 Right? So for me, I've lived in the same place, sort of mentally, for seven years of my life. Yeah. <laughs> and then I stayed at home in the Netherlands for, like, a year and a half. And yeah. now I'm back at like the travel home. Back where you belong. It's really nice. It made me very happy. How does how does new home feel? Because we talked about home last week. Yeah, like, how does how does I um I have fast internet, so that's all I need. Um, <laughs> Especially now. Especially yeah. now. Not like I got everything like you know sorted out. Um, I got my stuff in place, I got my guitars and um, uh, the little trinkets I spoke about, like you know. Um, hanging in where they should uh, belong, so it's, it's kind of mm-hmm. nice. It's, it's kind of uh, nice. I'm feeling like settled in. Did you uh, did you jump over the smoke thing a few times? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't actually. I haven't found out in the boxes. It's, just, Im- it's after, important, man. After our conversation, now I don't jump over it anymore. <laughs> oh, <laughs> the tradition is gone. I'm telling we, you, we, that, that's a, a YouTube channel right there. Right right. I, don't, I, don't, I don't want to piss off my new neighbors. Like, oh, the new neighbor is jumping over our heads for some reason. Has <laughs> it moved I mean, it could just be a new tradition. Say. Every every day besides Friday, you post a picture of you jumping over the smoke thing. And then every Friday, you post a Friday video. <laughs> I love it. If we, if we do a, um, a Habibi's uh, panel at some point, I'll get some yeah. and we'll do some jumping on stage. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to be involved in any other panel that sets off the fire alarm. <laughs> any Wait, other panel? Any other? Wait, uh, what? <laughs> this was like years ago. There was like a um, a wrestling panel that they used to do. Oh, yeah, is that the uh, giant bomb stuff? Yeah, uh, I was yeah. on that when they decided it would be a good idea to have a smoke uh, machine oh, for no. the intros of people. <laughs> That's funny. And it set off the fire alarm and evacuated the entire hotel. <laughs> oh no! So that was the thing. Oh, that's hilarious. Uh, so yeah, I think one of those is enough. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, fair Generally. enough. Fair uh, enough. But yeah, no, okay. Uh, we'll figure something out. Yeah. Yeah.
We have to. But yeah, other than moving, it's uh, it's been a, a big week uh, ramping up towards E3. Like the the game that I'm working on just got its reveal trailer. Uh, yeah, congrats. Thank you. It's, mm, it's congratulations. Been, it's been I can't very... wait to play it with you. Yeah. Oh, my God. You guys are going to have I'm so gonna much get fun. <laughs> it's okay. It's, it's part of the game. We're all going to get yeah. wrecked. It's exactly. Like, <laughs> it's part of the game. We're going to have a Habibi but, squad. Yeah. But oh, let's man, be honest. So okay. So, yes. So the game looks incredible. Um, I love the announce. Um, I was just so – I was so amazed to see – that level of, of community awareness <laughs> that yeah. they had around the Zook. Oh, yeah, man. Uh, in the trailer. Zook. Yeah. The most beautiful moment of the trailer. Like, <laughs> there was lots of amazing stuff. Like, I'm I'm not going to ask you for any comment, but I just wanna, wanted to, like, give my opinion. Yeah, man. Uh, God, game looks gorgeous, and it looks like y'all went all out on, like, okay, what is ridiculous fun, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, what yes. can we do that makes the player... Like creates interesting situations, creates spectacle, creates like opportunities for for tactical gameplay, uh, creates change in the map. Uh, what a what a like yeah, it feels feels like a, feels like a battlefield. Uh, <laughs> but if battlefield was put on like some device that makes it go two hundred percent, you know, <laughs> <laughs> which I'm really excited for. It, I uh, it was and uh, yeah. Fuzzy, I will say, mm-hmm. I was really happy. Did I saw it? Arabic. It was, yeah. correct. Yeah. <laughs> it was correct. It was correct. I looked for it. You're I gonna, looked for it. You're not going to make Rami's website. <laughs> <You're> right. <laughs> I'm just imagining Fuzzy sitting there over the shoulder of the trailer. People just being like, no, no, zoom in there. Enhance. 600%, please. Okay, I can't, that's Eric. I can't, I can't confirm or deny that that may or may not happen. <laughs> <laughs> made me very happy. You know, like you're talking about the Renderzook moment. One of the funniest things is like I had a friend of mine, like, you know, as the trailer came out, I was like, I loved everything about the trailer, but Fauzi, come on, like a dude jumping out of a jet, <laughs> shooting another jet, and landing in the jet was a bit too much. <laughs> because he doesn't Did know you? what he doesn't know what the Renderzook is. I was like right. <laughs> I was like, dude, I'm just gonna link you to this video, which is like a, right. a collection of reaction videos of like just maybe like fifty people losing it at that one yes. scene. <laughs> right incredible but i mean it's such a it's such a classic moment in battlefield history yep. like yeah. you know eject from the airplane grab your rocket launcher shoot the airplane behind you with a with, with the rocket launcher and then just <laughs> land back in the airplane yeah. that's that is battlefield 90 percent. like that, that's if you ask people what is battlefield they'll link you that video like 70 percent of the time yeah, exactly. um, it's in the dictionary that's what it is the 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 other thing I loved about that whole thing was somebody made an edit where it fails. Yeah. <laughs> Did you see that one? I actually retweeted that and said, this oh, is me when it. I try to pull it off. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the character lands on the side of the airplane and just sort of like bounces off and falls. <laughs> Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah, so, uh, no, con- Thanks, no, congratulations. congratulations. The, uh, the, uh, the uh, reception seemed really, really good. Yeah. Thanks a lot. We, we, we were super happy. Um, like the reaction from the community like uh, really had me and I know a lot of people from the team almost in tears. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. We were like, you know, very excited uh, too. And actually, this is like, you know, still going on. So like as we're recording this uh, podcast, we actually have to have an alarm on because at right. some point I need to bounce. We have the, the gameplay reveal on the Xbox stage. So, right. So like, <laughs> Soon. 
this is still gonna happen. Like this roller coaster of a week is still going on, and like I hope, like you know, the the reaction for this. Hopefully, by this time this comes out, we would have known. Um, yeah. But yeah, like the reaction of the gameplay um, also matches the reveal trailer. Um, we are very confident that you know people yeah, are gonna love it. it. Um, but yeah, th- th- there's always that moment, like you know, like you know when you have something good. But there's that moment when it's going out to the world, you go like, oh my god! And it's like it's really what the spirit of E3 is all about. Sometimes you know, right? It's Absolutely. like we're pushing this thing in front of millions of players for the first time. Uh, we we know it's good. We've been working hard on it, but like let's hope you know millions of people think the same. <laughs> right? You never you never know how the coin is gonna drop, right? Like yeah. you you have like you can do all the work, but then the like you know it, it's that thing where sometimes you have a thing and everything is good about it, but one thing is a little off, and yeah. that becomes the conversation. And you That's never everyone, know how the conversation is gonna go. Exactly. Yeah. Everyone ends up fixating on that one thing, and and right. sometimes you could compare it to another game that had a similar thing, but for some reason the zeitgeist didn't decide to focus on it. Right. Yeah. It's but it's it, you know, it's like um, uh, people getting worried about like you know normal E3s. There's a lot of like life stuff. Right, yeah. like live gameplay, people on a stage with a controller. Yeah, I remember when Uncharted had like a bug, and that became the conversation around Uncharted. And it's like, oh, that's not the conversation you would hope for. Yeah. yeah. Um, but there's there's not much you can do. And I mean, learning about that, you know, industry wise, uh, how that goes behind the scenes with like backup devices and like yep. backup videos to the backup devices and like yep. <laughs> extra controllers sitting around and like. Yeah. Um, well- I remember like one of uh, my first E3s that must have been 2006 or 2007. And, um, you know, we had uh, uh, we had a box of uh, of demos from our game that was, that was supposed to come out on the 360 at the time. Um, and we had like a box of demos that we were going to hand out to publishers, all of this and stuff that we we're supposed to show. And then that box gets lost. Um, oh, no. You know, United, United Airlines. <laughs> oh, oh, no. um, and um you know but luckily we arrived three days before the show and we were you know like panicking man and then we we called the guys back home at the studio um in jordan and we go like you guys need to <laughs> need to send us so like we got the guys like you know burning dvds <laughs> back home non-stop wow. putting them in the box and fedexing it over to us and like Amazing. in true game dev um, we were like, oh, that means we have three extra days. So I'm like, up until midnight trying to fix more bugs. <laughs> since, <laughs> since I have three extra days before they get them burnt in the DVD, I can fix some more stuff before they send that over to us. <laughs> so, so, and then, like, you know, the disc like literally arrives an hour or two before we get to give it away or show yeah. them. And I'm running around carrying boxes of discs and <laughs> putting them away. I've done show floor bug fixes. Uh, yeah, yeah. with my laptop in my backpack and i'm just sitting next to just sitting next to the 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 device and just uploading builds it's <laughs> okay. like what am i doing with my so, life this is one of my earliest rami ismail memories it's not exactly oh, wow. a3 it's it at a uh, demo night at, in montreal and I, uh, basically we would have a whole bunch of developers show off their games for five minutes uh, and Rami was a guest. He came, he spoke for about five minutes and sat down. He wasn't showing a game or anything. And a developer went on stage and their game wasn't working. So Rami ran on the stage, debugged it for him. <laughs> and this game run. Like, I, I, everyone was like, wait, what's happening? Like, do you remember That's that, so Rami? Yeah, That's such a Rami thing. <laughs> Rami once jumped on stage to fix thing. my prompter uh, during my talk. 
<laughs> my right. second screen wasn't working. And like the IT guy wasn't like wasn't uh, figured it out. It's like he's trying to figure out what to do. And then Rami jumps in, like, oh yeah, I know this broke with me before. And then he's fixing it. <laughs> right, that's the, the thing, right? Like I've done I've done so many of these things that I usually know what's going wrong. Uh, whether it's like presenting a game, like I, I, I consult on like hundreds or maybe thousands of games. So like I, when something goes wrong, I can usually go like, mm, this seems like a, this thing, <laughs> right? Um, That's incredible. Yeah, it's it's a funny, it's a funny, um, <laughs> it's a funny thing to be known for, to be the guy that jumps on stage to fix <laughs> the things. The talks IT guy. Uh, <laughs> right. It's a great in the indus- industry IT yeah, brother. Yeah. So, um, so Rami, I have this problem with my mic. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> you should put, put a, a pillow, pillow behind, behind it. it. <laughs> 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 even that <laughs> no i don't know e3 is always e3 is a strange thing because i don't i don't necessarily love e3 um i love the the spectacle of it and i love the the conversation around it yeah that for me that's e3 yeah. but i have a lot of good memories yeah of that show like I, uh i love the I, emotions <laughs> around e3 the mm. most like right the most memorable thing from e3 when i think e3 the, the thing that i remember the most is seeing the developer on that Ubisoft Nintendo joint game, the the Mario Raving Rabbits, like the first yeah. one. Right. Yes, when he started crying when he saw like Miyamoto on so good. Uh, on on the stage, like oh that, like I cried yeah, with him. Same. I won't even same. Right. Such it a was, good moment. It was beautiful. Every, I think the entire games yeah. industry did. Yeah. Like, <laughs> everybody who works in games is like, oh, I can imagine why this man is. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, no, um, what a moment. But yeah, it's a lot. I uh, my, most of my E3 stories are just way sillier than this. Like all of you have such profound stories. I'm like I accidentally walked backstage at an Xbox <laughs> show. Uh, like I, I uh, very early on, very early on in the in in my career, I wasn't. I nobody knew who I was, right? So I kind of, I kind of got into this tradition of well, if I want to be in places, I'm just gonna have to like walk my way, in, <laughs> right? So I just tried sneaking into stuff when I was just starting. People, please don't do this. The industry changed. Things are much tighter. Security is way stricter. Yeah. Yeah. Rami is um, a very short, small man. Nobody I, notices him when he, <laughs> <laughs> he walks well, I think it was the opposite. It's the fact that I was like a very tall, like nobody thinks I'm sneaking into something because it just doesn't fit with how exactly. I look. Right? It's like this, um, this big guy, so very confident. Sure, he belongs here. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> I, you know, the guard would go something like, where's your wristband? I just raise my arm. I have my leather jacket on so you can't see my wrist and just tap my wrist like three times. And like, don't you see it? And then keep walking. <laughs> There's like, well, I guess fair enough. Um, but yeah, I've, I've managed to sneak into quite a bunch of stuff. But one of my favorite was, um, you remember uh, Sean Layden? Uh-huh, yeah. PlayStation. He was at PlayStation for a while. Yeah, yeah. The first time he ever did a talk um, at E3, um I, I had snuck backstage, and there were these two guys watching a, a, a monitor of, um, of, the, of, of Sean speaking. And um, when the talk was done, he came backstage, but he came. St- I decided to join those two guys because I'm less suspicious standing next to other people, right? I only have to convince those two people that I'm supposed to be there instead of somebody walking around being like, Who are you? Yeah. Um, because if you're standing in a group of three, nobody's going to pay gonna attention to it, right? Exactly. Like I've played Assassin's Creed, I know. How this <laughs> um, so I'm standing there watching Sean 
uh, on the on these two monitors, and he comes backstage, but the door where he comes backstage is right next to the three of us, right? <laughs> and he walks to the three of us, and he looks at them, and he goes, like, how was that? And the first guy goes, oh, that was very good. I think the messaging came across really well. And the second guy goes, like, oh, yeah, timing was great. Like, we're, you know, really well done. And then he looks at me, and I go, like, you know, you really got to stop doing that thing with your thumb. <laughs> where he's doing the media train, like, thumb interpunction. Like, that's, like... Because I'm like, that's too media trained, right? Before Sean, it was Adam. And Adam Boyce was just on stage, like, making big gestures. And, like, and here comes Sean, who, genuinely great person, like, great had great ideas for PlayStation, a great idea for the brand. Uh, really, really kind humanist, uh, you know, as far as I knew him. Uh, or know him. He, I don't know what he's doing nowadays. Um, but I just thought it was a little too media trained. So I did that. And he looks at me. He's like, who are you? <laughs> I'm, I'm Rami Isma. I'm an indie developer. He's like, oh, are you in the showcase? I'm like, no. No, why? Uh, and he left with that. But I think I made quite a first impression there. <laughs> Unforgettable. That's um, but yeah, I... It's funny because it's the kind of thing, like, I think I met people at the main companies at E3, at every main company in a weird way. I met Reggie uh, from Nintendo when he kicked me off the Nintendo booth. <laughs> oh. Uh, could, well, so I was, it was early, it was at E3, and um, it, I was showcasing with Sony, right? So I was on the show floor early, but I needed to talk to Dan Edelman, who used to be the indie contact at Nintendo. Yes. And um, I, so I, I went there. I went to the Nintendo booth to look for Dan, right? And I was searching around, and then I saw Reggie, and I thought, you know what? If anybody knows, if anybody knows where Dan is, it'll be Reggie. Mm-hmm. So I walked up to Reggie, and I said, uh, Reggie? And he turns around. And he does that scan, you know, when somebody scans you like top to toe yeah. <laughs> with his eyes, yeah. you know, and he just looks across me and then looks back up. And then he looks over my shoulder at a security guy and just like nods, basically. And the security guy just puts a big hand on my shoulder and escorts me off the Nintendo booth. <laughs> and I'm like, what the? I thought, I thought Reggie was nice. <laughs> and then I get back to the PlayStation booth and I tell somebody and they're like, yeah, no, you're wearing a PlayStation badge, mate. Like, you shouldn't be on the Nintendo booth before the show floor opens. Oh, and I'm like, oh, yeah. okay, that makes well, sense. So if, you th- if you think Rami is big, <laughs> with the three meet Reggie. <laughs> right. Reggie is. But you know what? I will say, I will say, Reggie is big. Uh, Sean was like a big jovial man. Uh, Shu is like really lovely, but like, you know, you, you, he has that aura of like, don't, don't, don't mess with me. <laughs> Right, <laughs> you, but it's Phil Spencer. Phil Spencer is like half my size, but I am sure he will beat me up <laughs> if I do anything wrong. Right, and he's, he's like the, the nicest, nicest man. Guy. Like I don't think he beats anybody he's up. the nicest man. He's he's like he's like super nice. He's like humble. He genuinely cares about what he's doing, and this is true for all of the people I've just mentioned. But Phil is is so incredibly genuine. But he just looks like he like you know when I'm when. If we were in school together, he would definitely have stolen my lunch money, right? <laughs> like he's just, he has that look to him. It's just really funny that he's like just the kindest human. Uh, yeah, E3 is a lot of nonsense like that for me. Like running around, running into people, and then being stuck with them for like ending up in like weird like like weird dinners with all sorts of heroes from my childhood, and just be like, I don't know why I'm here, but okay. <laughs> 
showing games like I don't know. E3 is just. I think it's the people that. Make I think it fun, it's one right? of the best like things the- about this industry is that you know it's it's so inclusive. Everybody is just happy that you know everybody else is there. You know we're all making games together. That kind of vibes. I really love it for for that. Right. Absolutely. And I- and it does translate to the internet right now because you see well, the wholesome direct, you see all the shows that are happening, and we're still cheering for each other. Yeah, like everybody is still cheering for each other, right? How, like I think that. How do you feel about E three switching from more of a this is for the like industry to being more open to everyone else? I mean, previous? let's be honest. Like E three, like Je- it's the, it's Jeff three at this point, right? <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know if E three has realized it yet, but I feel E three is kind of dead. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know whether that's true. I don't know whether it's going to stay that way. I don't know if they're going to catch back up in the next few years. But uh, Summer Game Fest had what? They had Elden Ring. Yeah, yeah. They have Xbox and Bethesda under their under their banner. Uh, I think they have Square Enix under their banner mm. as well. Like, what did E3 get? Nintendo. I think that's it. Like beyond that, like Jeff is Jeff is doing that thing where. It's not necessarily not E3 what he's doing. He's just kind of like blending it in. But if he decides to separate it by guys, two weeks. Yeah. Guys, the, the alarm is on. Oh, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> the alarm is on. You have to run you on to stage. Run. <laughs> <laughs> speaking, of, speaking of E3 well, shenanigans, it got to bounce. Right. Well, <laughs> are you are you, you nervous? Um, give, me, give, me, give me yes. <laughs> <laughs> you have no reason to be. I know it's going to go great, thank Jeff you, Thank you so much, guys. <laughs> I'm, exci- I'm excited to watch it in a little. Yeah, yeah. Let me know me what too. you guys think, yeah? Absolutely. Yeah, we'll do. It's gameplay stuff. Imagine um, yourselves in a Habibi squad while you're watching that gameplay. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good because at least one of us will know what to do while I'm just yeah, like running around being like, oh, exactly. that's Exactly. <laughs> Let me look at that. Osama absolutely would know what to do. <laughs> right. Osama, yeah. would try to, Osama would try to see if he can do like quarter circle forward punch. <laughs> well, one, one day, I've learned about you too. One day when we don't, we're, we're not running out of time, I'll tell you about the time I got banned from a battlefield. Oh, server. wow. That's, good. That's I, I a good story that. that I'm going to share. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. All right. Some other time. Fauzi, we should yes. let you go. Absolutely. Um, so let's, uh, yeah. So let's just wrap it up. That's it for this week. Um, make sure that all of you uh, send us any messages or emails to info at thehabibis.com. We really want to hear from you. Uh, and our Discord conversations are great. Join our Discord. Uh, poke us on Twitter. Um, that's it for this week. Thank you, everybody. And salam. 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 Good luck, Fauzi. Salam, guys. That was the Habibis podcast for this week. I'm Osama Dorias, your host for this episode. You can find me on Twitter at Osama Dorias. My fellow Habibis were Rami Ismail, you can find on Twitter at THA underscore Rami, and Fauzi Mesmar, who you can find on Twitter at Fauzi Mesmar. Send us your questions, stories, suggestions via info at thehabibis.com. Intro and outro music was provided by Malik Zubaydah, and the logo was provided by Ibrahim Hamdi. The Habibis is a weekly podcast about three game developers drinking good Arab tea with new episodes launching every Friday, inshallah. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcasting service or check out thehabibis.com for more information. Thank you for listening and salam alaikum.